Kia ora. This program is brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. Kia ora and hello. I've been asked to tell you about No Labels, the radio show for, by, and about people living with disabilities. The show offers interviews and news about the disability sector in Aotearoa, New Zealand. On Wellington's Access Radio 106.1 FM. Find us on Facebook or go to www.accessradio.org.nz. No labels, our voice for you on Access Radio. Hello and welcome to No Labels. I'm Mike Gawley. On today's show, I explore the anguish and joy of a daughter supporting her mum through different stages of dementia. If Hilary Baird was still alive, she'd have turned 82 this month. But sadly, her bouts of dementia in her older years led to her death last year. She's survived by her son and daughter, Jim and Sue. I first met Hilary Baird at the State Services Commission when she was the lone social worker for the whole public service. That changed, of course, with Rogernomics, but her counselling skills were still called on to help with the Employee Assistance Programme. I met her daughter Sue Beard many years later when she became my job support person. And it was largely Sue Beard who spent her mum's last years by her side. Sue Beard takes up the story. Her Hashimoto diagnosis was in the 90s. Um, and all through then, we knew it affected her memory, but she had thyroxin. And as long as her pills were balanced, everything was fine. And then about five years ago, five and a half years ago, um, she was at her doctor's and he told her she had Alzheimer's. And she was so offended and so angry um, that the next time I went with her and after that I attended all appointments of any kind, um, and he said again that she had um, Alzheimer's. And I asked, at what point did it go from being Alzheimer's from Hashimoto? Um, so I took her to her specialist um, who diagnosed her uh, in the 90s. She hadn't seen him since then. Um, and for six months he saw her um, reports because she um, it took six months to balance the pills. Uh, but it didn't make any difference to the diagnosis. Uh, and I also got Liz from Alzheimer's Wellington in. Um, and she stayed with us for a couple of hours and talked a, a, a lot of information um, and that there was um, a pill for Hill to take. I can't remember what it was. And Hill took it for a year, but it didn't make any difference to her, whereas for some people with Alzheimer's, it does make a difference. Now, Hill, of course, is Hillary, your mum. Uh, yes, I um, call her Hill or um, my little sparrow because, as you do when they just get smaller and smaller, um, and, you know, she hadn't been mum since I was 20. <laughs> yeah. Um, so after the second time of her doctor saying that she had Alzheimer's, uh, we were out in the car and I said, if you want to live somewhere warmer, now is the time to do it. Um, and so by the time we drove to her house, uh, I had um, we decided we were going to the Bay of Islands and we booked for a week and we found our house when we were up there for the week. It was in uh, December. 
and we moved in with my brother in February. Um, he uh, lives with us, and um, uh, this year in March, Hill died, but I wanted to um, have this program because as Hill's carer for the five-year period, the things I learnt... Um, I never had a family of my own and I didn't have any full-time job or part-time job to stop me from moving. And so we had a great life, me and my little sparrow. Um, So it started off, um, we did all the tourist things because in in that period, um, for the first about three years, I mean, sure, Hill was changing, but it was so gradual and because I have such knowledge of her as she did when I was small, um, we were on the same page. Along the way, um, I went to Alzheimer's support groups because there is very little support for, as you know, practically most disabilities um, or conditions or whatever. Um, in Alzheimer's support groups, I went to the big one in Kerry Kerry and uh, the fortnightly meeting in Pai here. And from that, uh, I, I learned all kinds of things, like, as my friend Marie said, um, you've got to get the doctor to activate the power of attorney, you know, because I did have power of attorney, but I hadn't activated it, and that helped. Um, having the right doctors around you, um, in Pai here, uh, the Bayview Medical Doctors, they were my best friend. Um, I could ring them up and s- tell them whatever the situation was. Because in the early days, Hill liked drinking coffee and white wine with water. So, of course, she'd get dehydrated, but I didn't. It's not till you look back and see, oh, yeah, that's what happened. So, um, the doctors would um, uh, arrange, she would go to the hospital, have a litre of fluid, and we'd be off home. And that was fine. But as things did change, um, the last time she got dehydrated, it was a night's accommodation in hospital, which I got really excited about because I was free. Um, Because with my little sparrow, the days were long. And unless I paid someone to come, you know, there wasn't time off per se. Um, So now that she has died um this is my first holiday um and so it it meant that we could be together and make this program so what would you would say would be the low points in these five and a half years from the time your mother was diagnosed having alzheimer's to when she died fear um i uh, saw or found that there was an Alzheimer's conference in Auckland and Hill and I went and uh, I thought it was really interesting but after sort of like arriving and um, I met up with some occupational therapist who her husband um, was able to be left at home for periods of time um, and I decided, oh, well, I'll get an occupational therapist in because that seems to be something that of use. Um, and then I went and had a look at the educational stuff, you know, because uh, I sort of felt perhaps I wasn't doing enough to keep the stimulation going. 
um, because as when I was small, you get bored with your mum, <laughs> you get bored with your carer. So I, I wanted to see if there was something, because I was constantly having to lift my game. Um, and I just burst into tears because by then I was very tired and fear of um, the future. Would I be able to cope? Would I be able to take care of her? Would I um, have the resources? And as I learnt, looking back, everything took care of itself. Um, Stuff came along when it was needed. So uh, when I went back to Paihia, as I say, I got the occupational therapist in, and and, um, so that was sort of fine. But um, I'd say, oh, would you help me with this? You know, whether it be folding the towels, and Bill said that, well, that's boring. (laughs) I thought, well, activities, eh? Well, these are some of the fun things I get to do as well. (laughs) So we'd go out for lunch. Um, Because he'll love people and um, loved, you know, life. And so while we were able, we went out and, um, as I say, did all the tourist things in in, um, Northland, and it was great. Uh, And then the other thing I did was I got counselling, a lot of it, because it was the grief that was biting in it, but really hard. Um, And it doesn't bite as hard now, but it is the ebb and flow. And so with that, the support group um, and my friend Vicky, and occasionally I'd ring you, um, and uh, I'd work my way through it. Um, the counsellor taught me deep breathing um, and uh, Teepa Snow there on um, YouTube. Um, was a source of information too because and and those were the bits of information I got from the support groups um, from the Alzheimer's people Uh, and the other thing toward the end of Hill's life was um, you could ring uh, or have hospice come because initially I said to the doctor I want a referral to hospice and uh, in those days it wasn't for that kind of, and I said, look, I understand um, that, you know, and they have resources I can't get. And um, so it was really good. But anyway, uh, sort of like into the, I think it's about in two and a half years ago, um, Hill missed a step and fell and um, s- sort of s- snapped a hip on um, some metal table legs. Just didn't see the step. And from there, it was hospital, and we were in Monganui, so we went to Kaitaia, um, and then from Kaitaia to Whangarei. And so in Whangarei Hospital, um, they did a nail, so it wasn't a hip replacement, and she healed really quickly. Um, So because Hill had healed really quickly, um, they weren't going to give her any rehab, and I only found that out from the um, physiotherapist, or the occupational therapist, or something. Yeah, I think it was the physio, I'm sorry. Um, And she said, this is as well as we get them, and then they go. Uh, 
but I was aware that Hill never coped very well with anaesthetic and getting food in her and drinking her was really hard. And so she wasn't in a fit condition to leave the hospital and I wasn't in a fit condition to be able to take care of her. Um, And so the doctor would ask me, Madam, what is your concern? And I said, you know, she... She's not in a fit condition, but he couldn't sort of see from um, a, a person. He was seeing the the, the physical side that the, um, uh, the her hip had healed, you know, so that she could walk, you know, with a walker and so on. Well, he'd done his job. That was that. Yeah, and and I understand that. But then I rang Liz from Wellington because I'd had a conversation with you and I thought, oh, cool, Liz. And she said to me, what you need to ask is for, uh, you would like Hillary to be able to transfer independently. Um, But because I'd spoken to the um, physiotherapist and she had said to me, um, Hillary would be able to leave. Uh, So I checked out with the doctor. I said, can we travel, you know, as in... We were going to fly to Napier. And uh, he said, no, not for a period of time. And I said, okay. I said, I'll take her tomorrow. So uh, we didn't stay, you know, until, you know, she was up. (laughs) He had the look of fear in his eyes that it was going to go on for a long time. (laughs) Anyway, so I knew that um, we went to a hotel in Whangarei that had a... um, a room big enough and we stayed there for another 10 nights because I think by the time Hill left hospital it was about 10 nights Um, and by the time we left there it was time to go home and because ACC um, was into it um, so we had someone come for three hours a day every day Um, and I learned a lot from those carers and then for six weeks that happened, and then it was two hours for six weeks. Um, so by the time they left, then somebody came from the DHB. Um, and so from all of those people, um, and that's how I learned about um, lifting my game, because the way they approached Hill um, of, of, to get her in her happy place um, and then Hill started to decline a bit in the way of her physical being. Uh, so I got hospice in, and the hospice nurse came, and the geriatrician nurse came, and the um, district nurse came. Uh, so that... Is it working? Sorry. Uh so the uh, as I call the Rolls Royce pull-ups, because you know, a, a little while before the fall, or particularly after the fall, incontinence, and so I, I got on board with that, and and that was one of my fears back when I was at the conference of, what if I have to change her? Well, being um, Hillary's daughter, I. Um, just like she would have done when I was small, you have a, a process and you go for the most efficient, clean way that nobody gets sick and nobody's embarrassed and 
there's no trauma. And Hill would say to me, you're very kind. And I said, well, you were kind to me when I was young. And so everything from that point of view was fine Um, because my mind in the dead of night would go, oh, I can't. And of course I could in the light of day. If my mum could do it, I could too. Uh, And then it moved on to with the district nurse and and all those things, uh, Hill perked up a bit. So we came down to Wellington um, for Christmas and uh, that was Hill's last trip because the trips were getting harder and harder. It was hard to get her on a plane. It was hard to get her to um, up and and on her way. Um, and she didn't want to go anymore. Uh, so the last bit of money I used to have some carers come in um, so that it made for a, a happy experience for Hill, you know. So some uh, Jill would come in for about three hours. And Hill was always thrilled to see Jill. The, um, Hill's happy place was also, I'd say, in the morning when I come in to her room and say, would you like a hokey pokey ice cream? Because um, that was her happy start to the day. Uh, but prior to that, her her thing had been to have bacon and tomatoes for breakfast. Well, in the last period of time, she just used to cut that up and feed it to her dog, Freddie. Um, and she was, that, that made her happy. And that was the guts of um, contented dementia, was... I was guided by Hill, but it took a long time to um, step back and think, if Hill doesn't want a shower, she doesn't have to have one. It's not life-threatening. And I kept her skin in good condition, so for a long time she did not have a shower. In the early days, I was really uptight about it um, because I felt that some routines you have to keep. Well, you don't. You just need to be calm and um, be there in the moment instead of jumping to something that hasn't happened. But I used to, um, Hill had good humour, and I said to her one day, if you don't get in that shower, I'm walking you through the car wash. Um, And when she got the uh, walker after breaking her hip, I I knew that if I didn't get rid of that walker pretty smartly... um, she would lose her mobility because she'd be stooping over and um, that's no good to a person. Um, it's, you know, it's all right if you want to look at your shoes all the time, but it's not for a, um, a, a functioning person who was able to walk. Uh, so because Hill had so little fuel in her, because um, she certainly did shrink over the period of time, she just didn't have appetite and she never felt thirsty. And then at other times I'd put a drink beside her and she'd just drink it instead of being prompted. And so it was, I was sometimes I always felt like I was on the back foot. Um, then with her, as I say, having so little in the tank, um, so I would 
support her, you know, I'd have her arm on top of my arm and I would walk with her if, if she wanted to go to the bathroom or if I could convince her, you know, how about I change you now? Because um, as long as we got that change out of the way, then we were free from that and all as we had to do is whatever made us happy. Um, Hill liked watching uh, movies. Uh, we used to go to movies, but it, t- as time went on, it was better to watch them at home. Um, and one day she said, oh, I've seen that one. And whereas in the days of Hashimoto's and the early days of her dementia, um, oh, I've never seen this before. So it was good value for money. <laughs> and uh, the TV series um, that uh, I would... They had nice music or and it was a nice, happy story. Uh, she really enjoyed that. And then I'd read to her um, and Escape from Woodlands Nursing Home. The Great Escape from Woodlands Nursing Home was written by a doctor in Australia who felt, um, you know, that there are... Um, instead of the sort of the rest home kind of care you know that these are individuals and um, so her story was about some individuals and how they break out so I'd say to Hill oh I'll read you this we might get some hot tips in case I need to crack you out of somewhere (laughs) and it was just fun Did Hill need to make an escape from time to time I mean did you ever find her gone Um, well Interestingly, you should ask, it's not an escape. We were down in Wellington, and in the early years, Hill smoked. And I did not know until it actually happened. I went in to get some pictures developed, and when I came out, she was gone because she'd forgotten where I was. So two hours start to finish, um, she was found. Um, She spent her two hours walking around the town trying to find a policeman, Um, but they all drove around in cars. Um, and uh, Vicky and her husband came to see me and in the meantime while they were on their way to see me I got the police and so with the technology you know from my they could get a picture of Hill and it travelled around Um, Hill walked into a bar and said I'm lost and so that's how she was found and she kept saying to me I'm so sorry I feel so stupid and I'd say to her no I said you're a genius I said, start to finish, two hours, lost and found. And you came in and you said you were lost, and here we are, and it's okay. Because that was the thing of making her feel that, you know, as long as she was safe, it didn't matter. It was okay. Um, And that she was loved and cared for, um, and so lots of hugging is involved when you're taking care of um, whether it's a friend or a family member. Um, yes, it does rip your heart out, but um, life does when you love. Okay, so now look, one of the things we do on No Labels is ask for people to play their favourite music tracks. Can you think of one that, would, that Hilla would have or you would have? Is a favourite piece of music? Uh, we like Solo Mio. My boys from Solo Mio. Um, I, we went to their concerts. And one year I didn't realise I'd booked the VIP package. So we had our pictures t- 
taken with the boys, otherwise known as our extended family, because I got it printed and it was in her bedroom, and she loved it. So anything from her boys. That's Sue Baird wrapping up this episode of No Labels. And Sue has requested a track from Solar Meal, which will take us to a conclusion. Until next time, I'm Mike Gordy, looking forward to your company then. Ka kite by Wellington Access Radio get your voice heard thanks New Zealand on air for funding accessmedia.nz